if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. Hell yeah. It's the fantasy Bible. It's your host, Nathan Binder, here with me today, as always, healed from his episode with the coronavirus, is the triumphant Dan Vega. How are you doing? I am a COVID survivor, and I want all the respect. Give it to me. I lived. Happy to be here. I'm feeling much better than last episode. Uh, it was a lot of droning on my part, a lot of me nodding yes to Nathan's uh, idiosyncratic rants about players that I've never heard of, and I hope it'll be much more coherent this time. Also, we're completely wrong about everything <laughs> because so much has changed. So much has changed. Yeah, what Dane is referring to is we did record an episode, an episode that will never be released from oh, okay. this week. Um, yeah, yeah, the plan is I didn't gonna, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that episode, that episode will be gone. It was an episode where uh, Dane was doing his best to record uh, through COVID. Uh, I was doing my best to, you know, fill airspace, and it uh, it kind of had, took on a rambling structure. And then, as Dane said. The amount of information that's come out just today, man, you can tell it is draft week because all of a sudden we're finding out that Evan Neal, uh, purported top five to top 10 pick Evan Neal, is off some draft boards for medical concerns. George Pickens is interviewing poorly. The Wonderlick scores, however much faith you want to put in those, have come not out. Not much. <laughs> uh, yeah, not much. They're not really worth anything, but they are kind of interesting to see how people perform, you know, Innate sure. math problems under pressure, but it has nothing to do with how good of a football player you are. Um, and uh, yeah, some some other stuff that was kind of flying around the news sphere today. So we're going to get into uh, that on today's episode, which is going to be our official mock draft, uh, official mock draft 2.0, if you want to be technical, but uh, we're scrapping the one from last week. And how we're going to do this is pretty interesting. Uh, we're going to go pick by pick here, and this is going to be kind of an either or mock draft where Dane is going to give me the top positions, two top positions for each team that he thinks that team really needs to take them over the edge to fill a major need. Or maybe it's not even a need, but maybe it's strengthening a strength, something that he expects, a direction that he expects that team to go in during the upcoming draft. I'm going to give him my top player available at each position for that team little 30-second, timed 30-second rant on each player. And then Dane is going to be the final GM, and he's going to push that pick in to Roger Goodell at the podium and lock it in for the Fantasy Bible official 2022 mock draft. Are you ready to get going, Dane? I'm ready. I hope you got yourself a timer because I can imagine you rambling for far too long about these guys. Uh, he's a middling prospect. You know, he really blossomed in his junior year. But, <laughs> all right. Cut to the chase, Nathan. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, let's cut to the chase then. And let's get on to the Jacksonville Jaguars who are picking number one overall for the second year in a row. Dane, what, what, how do you see these uh, team? It doesn't even have to be team needs per se. Which positions do you see this team going in uh, direction wise? All right. Definitely edge rusher is a big, a big highlight for them. And I think they're also looking at tackle I don't think they're looking at defensive back here quite yet, maybe later in the draft. Uh, so I think it's between tackle and edge rusher for the number one overall. Okay. Tackle and edge rusher. Um, so for tackle, I'm going to tie myself here with Aiden Hutchinson. All right. Aiden Hutchinson has everything you want in a first round draft pick. You may not be everything you want in a number one overall draft pick, but he has all the physical tools you need to succeed. He, his biggest weakness is his short arms, but he makes up with that with high effort. He has an array of pass rush moves. And while he is somewhat choppy in the way he links them together now, there's a huge upside for him in the pros. He was also expected to test averagely, but he actually tested elite and had a high amount of production at Michigan. And that's the yeah. buzzer right on yeah. time. Excellent. Okay. And what so was that? Was- so that was edge rusher. You introed with tackle, but that's okay. You're under a lot of pressure. I think you'll smooth it out as we go. Oh, did I say tackle? <laughs> you did. And that's uh, fine. Well, uh, that, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> is an edge rusher from Michigan. He yeah. rushes against tackles. That's probably where I, uh, Oh, sure. I got it confused. Okay. I think so. <laughs> are we ready to move on? Tackle prospect for the Jaguars. Who were they looking at? Okay, tackle prospect, you got to imagine it's Iki Aquanu is the highest ceiling tackle prospect in this class. He has immense physical traits. He is that uh, tough, grinded out, but also um, elusive second level run blocker like Panay Sewell was last year. Um, he mauls people in the run game, plays viciously. He has some weakness in pass protection, um, but highest overall ceiling in this offensive line class. All right. I like that. I like, I like the, uh, the tackle pick actually more, more so than I thought I would here. Um, yeah, I understand it that, uh, agent Aiden Hutchinson has very, very short arms, very short arms, like bottom 10% for all of edge rushers that have ever been drafted. That's yes, bad. Even stranger, uh, he is six, seven. So it's not which, like he's a short guy with short arms. He is a very mm-hmm. tall person with short arms. Um, which means that, you know, his, his body is not proportional, whatever that means for his contact balance and uh, whatever else, you know, I'm not, I'm not familiar enough with football physics to tell you, but it is a very strange situation. All right, let's go. Ikum Ikwanu for the Jacksonville Jaguars number one overall. And, you know, I think this is going to be very much likely the pick. Like this is where I've been leaning because uh, just to add some context to this, um, that really isn't have that, that doesn't really have anything to do with the players. The debate right now has been between Javon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. That has been the very public debate. The Jags didn't speak very favorably about Aiden Hutchinson in a recent press conference, which really isn't something that you would do if you were going to pick them number one overall. Today, nope. a report came out that said expect a surprise at number one overall early reports were that Doug Peterson wanted an offensive tackle. Those kind of went away and then it became this big battle, maybe just a giant smokescreen for Iki Aquano, who they're going to take the entire time. Okay. Give me 
the Detroit Lions up at number two overall. All right. Obviously, they need a quarterback. Jared Goff is not their future. It's a very slim possibility in my mind that they'll they'll select a quarterback here at number two overall. I think they might at the end of the first round where they have another pick. So I'll leave quarterback off the board. I think edge rusher, tackle, and defensive back, even wide receiver are on the board. So edge rusher is my only lock. I I think I'll lean tackle here as well. They need to fill a lot of positions on on both sides of their line. So. Okay, starting with tackle, this is going to be especially difficult because I would say the best prospect on the board here is Evan Neal, uh, 6'7", very, I don't know his exact weight, but it's in the upper 300s, but he looks skinny, has ability to add frame on, uh, all-around good run protector, pass protector at Alabama, top-tier competition, um, but those medical red flags may drop him off some team's boards, although physically he has a top tier, top prospect profile. Okay, that was the timer there. And then at edge rusher, I already kind of talked about Agent Hutchinson's uh, sack profile. So now I will kind of talk about his uh, personality, his demeanor. He's a very high character, high effort player. He would fit in really well with that Dan Campbell um, sort of, motif that they've kind of got going there and then also he played in michigan so it's a it's a local pick it would be honestly in my opinion a lock if aiden hutchinson is not the first overall pick to get picked by detroit excellently surmised i think they will go with aiden hutchinson if he is still there at number two overall even though evan neal might also be a great pick there i i think that would be a very easy pick they'll run it up to the to the podium there so to speak Man, 30 seconds is hard because you don't even get to, you just like, you don't even get to like why the team, like Iki Aquanu, you know, like just maybe it's worth mentioning that the Jags do have two tackles, but Cam Robinson is, isn't great. And you can also play Iki Aquanu at guard. I'm not going to go back and do that for every prospect, but you know, it's just worth like, there is team context in my head when I'm making these picks as well. Yes, just know that Nathan is very smart and very well That's informed. That's not what I said. <laughs> I'm just saying. And he would like you to know. I'm not shooting seconds. from the hip here. Is but not enough. Seconds is quick. I'm quickly realizing it's not enough. Full intellect. <laughs> uh, I just don't think the net, the fans of these teams aren't getting the necessary background. But this is the format sure. that we chose, and I like it. And we're going to stick with it. With the Texans up here at number three. Which positions do you like for the Texans? They need everything. So it's really kind of down to what do you want to use this high value pick on? Yeah, they absolutely need everything. I don't think they're going quarterback here, although, you know, they did just draft a quarterback last year, Davis Mills. He he was a very serviceable quarterback. So I think they need to fill all the other holes on the roster while they use Davis Mills for the next year or two. We'll see. Maybe he blossoms into the real thing. That would be exciting. But yeah, like you said, Texans need literally everything. They need receivers, running backs, line on defensive ed, uh, safety, cornerback, literally any position you can name. So take quarterback off, offensive line, still on the board here, tackle. I mean, when we're talking top of the draft, linemen are very coveted, the top at their position anyways, the few that are there. So they're always going to be on the board here for the top few picks. So defensive end is still there offensive line still there is it too boring that we keep doing this i I don't know i think a corner could be in consideration here but yeah you're right it absolutely could let's do corner and uh, 
uh, defensive edge. Okay. Um, so an edge rusher, we have Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau has, to me, the best natural pass rushing tools in the class. Um, he has an incredible get-off. Get-off is like his first move after the snap. He can If he can beat that first man there, he's getting a sack on that play. There have been questions about his effort, but he actually played heavily through an injury uh, this past season and still managed to notch seven sacks. He's been a consistent producer um, for Oregon this entire time, and the personality stuff is baloney. I love it. <laughs> okay, what was the other? Uh... Quarterback we went. Corner. Okay. So you could lump a safety in there if you're feeling so inclined, but defensive back, we'll say. Okay. So safety, Kyle Hamilton, um, because you allowed me to, right. uh, to put a safety in here is the best overall versatile safety in this class, which is what you want. If you want a safety in this modern NFL, you want a safety that can play the pass, that can play the run. Kyle Hamilton is competent at both. He has an excellent sideline to sideline range. Um, he had that incredible pick against Florida State when he moved hash to hash and picked off uh, the player. Incredible instincts, incredible player. Love Kyle Hamilton. Go to football. Love it. All right. I'm going Kayvon Thibodeau. <laughs> All right. Thibodeau, not my favorite, but uh, yeah, I got to stop. What is really a slide here, in my opinion, for Kayvon Thibodeau, he should be probably first off the board if, if teams really value a pass rusher that much. Okay. So we're on to the Jets here. The Jets have two uh, top 10 picks in this draft. They have a lot of needs, Dane. Uh, how do you think they're going to build around Zach Wilson in the, uh, in the upcoming season. All right. Well, it's no secret they're in the market for a wide receiver. They've been tagged in every trade rumor or every if wide receiver is now available rumor. The Jets have been in that list of teams interested in making phone calls. So I'll put wide receiver on the board here at number four overall. And again, they need edge rusher. They need defensive back. So I'll just put defensive back. Um, we've, we've done a lot of edge rushers for now. Let's shelve that for now. Okay, just checking the top 30 visits real quick here just to make sure they've met with these players. All right, so you said wide receiver and defensive back? Yes. Okay, so I agree with these um, wide receiver. Let's go Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, kind of a uh, mini OBJ mold, uh, very shifty, dynamic uh, in his routes and after the catch, not the strongest receiver, or um, but he timed a four three nine at the combine, so he has that on-field speed. Um, very uh, good at getting open, excellent separation. Probably one of the best separators in this draft class, and uh, had around eleven hundred routes or eleven hundred yards at Ohio State in, a, in his final year. And then at defensive back. Let's go Ahmad Sauce Garner. Ahmad Sauce Garner, the definition of a true lockdown corner. Um, many quotes from scouts would say uh, we just wouldn't throw uh, towards his direction. There was a direct quote that said we put a quote unquote slapdick receiver against him because we Ooh. knew that we weren't throwing anywhere near him. Uh, but he also had the ball production to match with, I believe, three interceptions this season and last season. Um, just an excellent corner with a 6-3 frame. Um, has everything you want in a press man. Uh, number one corner. All right. Jets are taking Sauce Garner. That was convincing to me. The Jets have another pick at 10. They'll look again at wide receiver there. 
Yeah, it might be a little early for Garrett Wilson, and Ahmad Gardner has the physical profile that you really want in a corner that you can't really get, even from Derek Stingley in this draft. So uh, wow. I like it. Um, all right. The Giants, who are another team that have two picks in the top 10, even closer picking smack dab in the middle of the top 10, although uh, I'm sure they'll try and trade out of one of these picks, but we're not going to mess with trades. That's impossible to predict. So who do you see going at number five overall to the uh, New York Giants in terms of position? Um, Again, we've got a lot of need at offensive line and edge rusher here. So I'm just going to throw them back on the board because you know, shamelessly, it is a position the top five picks in the draft are looking at every single year. And those two positions have a deep, deep enough class at the top of their at their position to where the Giants with picks at five and seven are going to be looking at this. Um, you know, they're going to be seeing if anyone else could co- come off the board before the next pick Panthers in between their two picks. So thank you for that. That's a that's a great setup for this, because I think that Either Evan Neal or Charles Cross would be what the Giants are salivating over here. I think they probably go Cross because of, uh, you know, there's been some smoke around Cross to the Giants, and maybe now we know why. Maybe it's because of the medical concerns with Neal. Cross is one of the best overall pass protectors in the class. There's concerns with him about his run protection, but it's not in so much in his ability to do it. It's just how much has he done it. It's not like an Andre Dillard strength thing. It's more of a uh, just his the offense he protected for at Mississippi State, but a very technically refined pass protector in Charles Cross. And then edge rusher uh, is starting to thin out for me about the guys that I really like, but Javon Walker still on the board. We've heard smoke for him at number one overall. Very rare for a player that hasn't had uh, nearly any pass rush production in college, but um, a lockdown run defender, very high floor where you know that you're getting a some a player that can set the edge for you. But if you can teach him to pass rush, his elite physical measurables and profile uh, are bar none to anyone else in the draft. And so you're betting on an extreme amount of upside that you can't find anywhere else in this draft. Well done. Um, I do agree. I think I see Trayvon Walker falling a little bit in uh, the real NFL draft. So let's let's give Charles Cross to the New York Giants at pick five. That feels right to me. Okay. Now here things get pretty interesting. Uh, You know, you, it's up to you whether we get quarterback in the conversation here, but the uh, Carolina Panthers are on the board or draft rather. (laughs) It's the clock. They're on the clock. All right. Yeah, I'm going to give us quarterback on the board for discussion here. And also I'll give us, I could give us offensive line again. I don't know. I'll give us defensive back because they could use that as well. So defensive back and quarterback. Okay. Still got Um, Stingley on the board. Uh, Kyle Hamilton still on the board. Trent McDuffie a little farther down. And then obviously quarterbacks, maybe the most known out of any position for casuals so far. So, so I'll talk about corner first because I, uh, I, I, it's not something that I see happening with them taking J.C. Horn last year and them having a competent Jeremy Chin in the secondary. But Derek Stingley is the kind of talent to where if he's here at number six, 
He is that elite shutdown corner. Um, he had some injury concerns, only played 10 games in the past two seasons, but his freshman year, he was locking down the likes of Jamar Chase in practice, locking down the likes of Devontae Smith, um, just in an elite tier, probably one of the best corner seasons we've ever seen. So uh, Derek Stingley. And then um, a quarterback, here for me is Malik Willis, Malik Willis, um, who apparently is acing interviews from a leadership perspective. Uh, he seems to be a, a people, he has the uh, intangible traits the teams galvanize around. And then he also has elite physical traits that are top end in terms of his ability to run his uh, cannon of an arm um, and his ability to just kind of elude pressure and break through tackles in the pocket. So he is... Um, one of the best from a physical tools in this quarterback class. All right. And Malik Willis is the odds on favorite to be the first quarterback selected. I think the Carolina Panthers take a shot. Matt rules feeling a little desperate. He wants to draft a quarterback who could be something. If he shows a flash in his first year, then Matt rule could be strung along for yet another season as the head coach for the Carolina Panthers. It could be a good play. Maybe he's worth nothing but I think they gamble and go for the innate physical talent that Malik Willis can possess for the football team. Yeah. It's really hard to figure out what they're going to do here. And it's especially um, confusing to imagine Kenny Pickett going here, who just doesn't seem to, to maybe worth a top 10 pick, maybe not even, you know, a top 20 pick. Um, so I like them taking Malik Willis. I think that's really their only hope. And to there's like a thought that he's going to have this, He's going to need to sit, which they can do if they want to play Sam Darnold. But I don't really think that's the case because when you have a running quarterback, as we've seen with Jalen Hurts, you know, it may not be ideal if they break the pocket and run through a first down, um, you know, when there's actually an open receiver, but it's still a first down. So there's that high floor to where they can convert just through that rushing production. But let's get on to the Giants here at pick seven. All right, the Giants just chose a tackle at pick number five with Charles Cross. Here, they are looking with a much broader scope. They're looking, uh, I don't want to put linebacker on the board yet. I think it's too early. We're not going to see a linebacker go yet. But with the next pick, they're still looking at tackle. They're still looking at edge rusher. Are there anyone on the board? Uh, Trayvon Walker, uh, Evan Neal with injury concerns, big question mark now. Are those guys going here? And if you want to trump one of those positions and choose uh, something that you'd like to talk about for the Giants, you can go right ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I already kind of talked about Derek Stingley and his um, kind of incredibly high ceiling. He is the highest ceiling of any corner prospect because of what we saw him do at the collegiate level out by when he was a freshman. Now you can say that's in favor of him or against him three years ago, but also instinctual the position, how instinctually the position came to him at a young age. Um, to me, it would be between Derek Stingley or Trevon Walker here. I don't think Trevon Walker slides past this giant second pick who re they really need to add um, some edge rush. Obviously mm -hmm. they drafted Aziz, Aziz Ojolari last year. I think got eight sacks for them, but um, Trevon Walker would add some more physicality to the position. Um, so to me, it would be between those two, uh, those two players. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going Trayvon Walker. They're betting on the measurables that showed out very much. So in Trayvon Walker's favor at the combine, uh, you know, 
top 99 percentile at his position, according to the stats we are reading and the digestion of the media pundits who are telling us what we should think about the draft. So Trayvon Walker pick number seven overall, sliding a bit based on what we've seen hyped up in the media, but I think this is probably a much more appropriate spot for him. I agree. I mean, you know, still a top 10 player based on the tools, but has some more refined players going before him. Pick eight here. The Falcons are on the clock. The team starting Marcus Mariota and Alamid Zacchaeus as their offensive, uh, you know, two of their offensive starters there. And then also I think Greedy Jarrett is the only defensive starter whose name I actually know. So, uh, <laughs> oh no, wait, AJ Terrell, the corner is good. But anyway, Falcons need quite a bit. They're almost in uh, Texans level shape with how many positions they need to fill here after the mm-hmm. loss of Matt Ryan. So what, which positions do you see them targeting? I could see them glancing at quarterback, but I'll leave it up to defensive back, mainly cornerback, or actually Kyle Hamilton's still on the board. They could very much be looking at him right here. So defensive back or offensive line, center guard, tackle, any of them. Um, offensive line, I think with Evan Neal still on the board, they probably don't go after a tackle. So you would be looking at a guard. And it's hard to imagine a guard going this high. I would agree. Zion Johnson is probably the best guard in the class, um, but I don't see him going this high. So if those are the two positions, I'll save Zion Johnson's profile for once we get a little down the board and just say that um, I see them taking a receiver here. But Derek Stingley, with Derek Stingley on the board, you get Derek Stingley, you get A.J. Terrell, you get two uh, potentially lockdown corners back there, uh, elite pass defense, although it isn't. That's true. They do need receiver. Yeah. Yeah, All right. So take offensive line off the board and pitch me a receiver in place. So I think that, you know, Garrett Wilson is a great candidate here. Here's what I'll give it. I'll give you two and I'll do, I'll just do this in 30 seconds for two. Garrett Wilson is the new Calvin Ridley for the Atlanta Falcons. Drake London is the new Julio Jones for the Atlanta Falcons. And that's not speaking to those players, actual, you know, potential necessarily, but the body type, the roles that they would mm-hmm. fill their skill sets, uh, one Drake London physicality, the other separation, uh, Garrett Wilson. So those are the two receivers that I would like for the Atlanta Falcons at eight. All right. I'm picking Jameson Williams. I believe he is. I did not say Jameson Williams. Oh, I'm sorry. Garrett Wilson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm picking Garrett Wilson here, um, between the two. It, it, it will be very interesting to see who is the first wide receiver drafted. Um, the odds on favorite I can get for you. Right I believe now. it would be Jamison Williams. It's actually Garrett Wilson at plus oh. 120. So, right. so. It, it used to be Jamison Williams. And like we said, burn it all down. Our unfinished episode was just so off base because everything has changed. Jamison Williams plus 175, Garrett Wilson plus 120 quite a significant disparity between the two. So we could see Garrett Wilson going first off the board. I think they're going to like Garrett Wilson because you got to think like there's a little hurt in that building off. Like they didn't expect to be losing Calvin Ridley and now having a word 
Yeah, nor did uh, every dynasty owner of Calvin Ridley. Yes. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm not in that boat, but yeah. Yeah, me neither. All right, let's talk uh, uh, Seahawks here. The last chance for uh, Yumi and our good friend Jacob to make an immense profit if Desmond Ritter is drafted. They need uh, quite a few positions as well, as do most of the teams that are picking in the top 10. Um, obviously, this is not the Seahawks' original pick, but the next pick is. So, uh, you know, anyway, who do you see going to the Seahawks here from a positional standpoint? We definitely got to talk about quarterback. Um, right now, Geno Smith under contract and Drew Locke acquired via trade. Uh, that will be a very fun quarterback battle. <laughs> no, it won't. Uh, but they are looking at the future for quarterback. That's going to be a position you're going to talk about. And uh, I mean, rumors of DK Metcalf not being happy. I don't know. No, we're not going wide receiver here. We're going defensive back. We still got Kyle That's, Hamilton like safety that. on the board. Yeah. We're going defensive back. Derek Stingley also there. If they're willing to wait out his injury, give me, give me the low down on this quarterback versus cornerback slash safety. Okay, so Derek Stingley has everything you would want in a corner uh, and everything Pete Carroll would want in a corner. He comes in at six foot 190. Uh, he's still young, hasn't turned 21 yet. will turn 21 in a few months, but he's, he's got uh, the youth, the skills, the uh, lockdown ability, the ball production ability. The only concern there is health, but he is the ceiling to be the best player in the draft and at number nine, that's a risk worth taking. And then quarter was the other uh, position quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So Desmond Ritter, who I would love to get drafted here. Um, yeah. Led the pitch. Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati to a national championship game against Alabama. Ignore what happened in that game. Focus on the fact that Desmond Ritter has won throughout his entire career. He has elite physical tools. He's fast. He's quick in the pocket. He uh, can deliver the ball. Not consistently, but with occasional uh, good velocity and arm strength. He's a winner. He's tough. He's what the Seahawks want. And that's, that's time, my time. Seahawks pick Devin Ritter as pick number nine. And we make a lot of money. <laughs> it's Desmond Ritter, but yes. Yeah, that's the guy I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Probably not going to happen, but man, I really hope it happens. Derek we Stingley, mock it. Uh, probably the pick here, but we're mocking Desmond Ritter because that's where the money's at, baby. All right. The <laughs> Jets are on the clock. The Jets went Ahmad Gardner uh, at pick four. They are regretting that because they now see that Derek Stingley is still on the board. They Somehow, could have gotten their pick yeah. of wide receiver um, and still drafted Stingley, but instead they can take a receiver now. What other position do you think, uh, aside from the obvious receiver, could be in contention uh, for them here? Edge rusher, perhaps? I don't know. Um, yeah, any, any defense, uh, I mean, edge rusher linebacker, they already took a cornerback, so we can't say that again. Um, yeah. So let's say wide receiver linebacker, maybe linebacker goes here. Maybe. Okay. So linebacker, they have not had any top 30 linebacker visits. It's really no. high for no. a linebacker, but we will talk about Devin Lloyd just because he seems to be the consensus number one linebacker in the class. Um, he is 
getting comparisons into to Fred Warner and that he has a lot of good coverage responsibilities. He's kind of your all around linebacker, but uh, some of his physical traits maybe don't quite line up. He's a, a little slower in coverage and maybe not quite as instinctual, but uh, what he can get done as a pass rusher while it's not Micah Parsons level, it is significant that he can uh, actually rush uh, rush the passer well. Rush the passer well being helpful in coverage. <laughs> Some of these are just stumbling over words. I'm not going to count that against the time. No, um, and then uh, wide receiver here, Drake London is that big bodied contested catch type, um, very productive at USC, uh, where he played predominantly the X position. This body type is going to be hard to come by in the draft where you have a lot of shorter, quick guys, but not as many, uh, six, four, six, five, two, ten guys. Um, he can play, uh, as a big body target over the middle of the field for Zach Wilson. And, uh, he can provide probably instant starting impact because he's fairly refined as a route runner as well. We're going Drake London. I think he would great uh, make a great compliment to Elijah Moore, second-year receiver for the Jets. Hopefully, Zach Wilson can command that offense and come into his own as well. I think they got a lot of potential. They go that route. It would be very exciting for fantasy as well to see what, what Drake London can do in a budding offense that we hope develops under the Shanahan coaching tree. We'll see. What is your faith level in Zach, Zach Wilson? Um. So to me, if we're talking about like what you want to see in a rookie quarterback, I want to see some flash of a ceiling. I saw that, but not very flashes. often. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially against the Buccaneers of all teams. I mean, they <laughs> had Zach Wilson had his best game against the Buccaneers. That game broke very, very Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot that was the game. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So honestly, all I want to see is some, some building blocks that you can expect could get better going into the next year. I saw some, not maybe enough, but he was injured a couple of weeks. So I don't know how much that impacts his development, but my confidence level to some eyes is maybe 60%. Maybe, maybe I've seen enough to believe he could be Blake Bortles, but maybe I think he could be more than that. Uh, You know, somewhere around there. All right. Um, Well, we'll see what Drake London can offer him. Moving on to the Washington Commanders. Always hate to say it here. Um, Kyle Hamilton's still on the board. Derek Stingley on the board. Evan Neal's still on the board. They don't really need a tackle, but some big names still out there. Um, what, how do you think the Commanders um, draft at this pick? Yeah, they're another team that's like kind of quarterback needy, but not entirely. I mean, who knows what they're planning That would be doing. a wild card. That would break Carson Wentz. Yeah, you're right. They can't do that, uh, but but they can. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Yeah, they're not going to. So so let's just trim the top of the board here. I mean, you still have Derek Stingley, Evan Neal, and Kyle Hamilton. They all have like top ten potential to go in this draft. So to me, it's uh, between Stingley and Hamilton. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I've talked enough about Stingley. Um, just to talk a little bit more about Hamilton. Let's see, he had missed some time with the end, uh, injury in 2021, still managed to come down with three picks, three pass breakups, 
Um, he can be a single high safety. He can be your two high safety. Again, he's, he's versatile. So he's not a box safety. He's not a free safety. He's somewhere in between. He's in this new school of Derwin James S kind of, uh, tight end eraser safety, which is, uh, you know, significant, um, especially for teams going against, you know, the Dallas Goddards of the world per per chance. Um, so that's just a little bit about Kyle Hamilton, but, uh, yeah, between it would be between those two top uh, top picks for me. All right, we're going with Stingley. He can't fall any farther. He's a generational cornerback prospect, and he's going now. Kyle Hamilton still on the board. Man, the Vikings you, are furious about this because oh, they are uh, going Hamilton. Stingley is the more, far more common mock that you'll see here. Um, but um, I think, like like you said, like why would the commanders pass up on what could be a generational prospect unless they have him, you know, flagged for injury or personality concerns. No reason they wouldn't go this direction. All right. What do you like about the Vikings uh, here? Where do you, what direction do you see them going in? First pick for uh, their new GM, very analytics minded fellow. So probably going to pick a premium position here, like an edge or a corner, probably not going to be looking at offensive line too much maybe tackle, but I doubt it. What are your thoughts? That's a fair assessment. Yeah. I'll give you defensive back and defensive edge, uh, edge rusher. So give me the lowdown who they're, who the Vikings are looking at if they're picking uh, those two skill positions for defense. So edge rusher, I thinking they're looking at Jermaine Johnson, who is the pass rusher out of Florida state. Uh, Jermaine Johnson totaled. I watched quite a bit of him this season as a uh, unfortunate fan of the Florida state Seminoles. He totaled 11 sacks and I believe 12 tackles for loss, uh, like an, an just insane statue. He was the ACC defensive player of the year, very well-rounded uh, speed rusher. I would say is his profile um, has a arsenal of get off moves only or uh, pass rush moves rather his only Negative is that he transferred from Georgia to play at FSU. Mm. All right. And then um, defensive back, let's go Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie got a lot of smoke to the Vikings, so that's why I'm talking about him over Kyle Hamilton here. Um, has everything you want in terms from a sort of a technical uh, refinement standpoint. Um, can play man, can play zone, played a lot more zone in college then man, but did look competent in those man st- snaps, very competitive, uh, smart, instinctual corner. Biggest downside is he has one percentile arm length. Oof. All right. Yeah, that's tough. Um, all right. We're going to give Carl Aftis to the Vikings. There Aftis was not, uh, uh, one of the, <laughs> Oh my God. Options. Uh, so I was looking so far down the list I and I couldn't remember the name after you said him. Yeah. You, you got to ignore the PFF board because the PFF board, they have no idea what they're talking about. Sorry, PFF, but Jermaine Johnson is not <laughs> Jermaine the Johnson. second best player in this draft. Are you out of your mind? We are using the PFF simulator to track this, but um, yeah. <laughs> That's why it threw me for a loop. Halfway through your summary, I was trying to find this man's name. And yeah, I, Jermaine Johnson was, could be a top 10 player. They have no idea what they're talking about. Sorry again, PFF. All right. I, I like you as a resource, but go well, on, my yeah. God, you've convinced me. Jermaine Johnson, pick number 12 overall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right. Jermaine Johnson goes to the Minnesota Vikings. And now, once again, the uh, Houston Texans are on 
the club. All right. They've got a pick already on the board at number three overall. They took Kayvon Thibodeau. And now they're looking at every other position also. (laughs) (laughs) Man, what an abysmal franchise. Can we just give a moment for the Texans fans? Remember when they were like beating the Chiefs at halftime of that one game? Oh, Davis Mills was, right? No, 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 no. Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien. It was halftime of like AFC championship game. And then the Saints, or the uh, not the Saints, the Chiefs came back to win it, and that was like that was like the high point of the franchise, and it has been downhill since then. I mean, uh, has it been? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, they they got two first round picks though, so how are we going to turn it around for the Houston Texans here? My I mean, with God. Evan Neal on the board, did they run the card in? Or I think they... so. I mean, I, we can't let them fall this far for a supposed medical concern. I mean, it's apparently serious enough to where his odds are dropping NFL teams are taking it seriously, but so Evan Neal's on the board here and defensive back. I'll keep Kyle Hamilton on the board, Trent McDuffie, whoever you want. Um, yeah. So Evan Neal, again, very well-rounded prospect. Let me get his exact physical profile here. Six, eight, three thirty-seven. The thing is you, you look this oh man, at this man, he, he looks skinny. He looks like he could add another 50 pounds to his frame and still be just as athletic. So I really like what I see from um, him in terms of the size profile. The risk is that he doesn't have the quickest feet in the world, um, but he has a high floor where if the medicals check out there, um, you could just move him to guard. And he, he would be a very competent guard as well. So that's right. Evan Neal, very, very big guard, but still a competent guard. And then uh, what was the other? Defensive back, Kyle Hamilton or Trent McDuffie, the two you've talked about so far. Um, Who you want to put up on the board here? The Eagles pick and two more picks if you want to keep Kyle Hamilton. Out of selfishness, I am going to put (laughs) Trent McDuffie, corner of Washington (laughs) on the board. Um, Because if, uh, you know, you, you guys can't see the interior of my office here, but... I have a little whiteboard that I'm uh, perfecting for the draft. And it says there's a category called please no. And Trent McDuffie is in that please no category. I think he's going to be a very competent zone corner. Um, I probably have, uh, you know, a long NFL career, but I don't think he's like a top 15, top 30 player in this draft. I don't think he's a needle mover for teams. So we're going to give him to the Texans. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds fair. Oh, and then oh, Evan Neal. <laughs> I mean, they'd probably take Evan Neal here, right? Yeah, I think I think Evan Neal is the pick. Um, I admire your selfishness. Uh, you know, you can only be so selfless in this world. So a little bit of selfishness. It, it, what at what point does that become self care? You know? Yeah, exactly. Plus, um, they ended up with Evan Neal, which is a massive fall for a top five player. So if you can stay, absolutely, healthy, the Texans are thrilled here, and now the Baltimore Ravens are on the board shocking to me that they have pick 14 like that that to me is yeah it's crazy right throwing me so for a loop injury bad luck last year but yeah and yet so much good luck kicking the league farthest field goal to beat the detroit lions let's not forget <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> yeah let's never forget an opportunity to remember how bad the lions are and how lucky the Ravens were to beat them. All right, so don't need a quarterback. Don't need, well, maybe, no, they don't need a receiver. All right, we're going edge rusher. And um, I, I got to keep bringing up defensive back right now. Kyle Hamilton falling down the board. We still got Trent McDuffie, who you don't have to repeat, but uh, 
you can nominate one of those names, which I think you will do one thing with that. And then uh, let's get a little edge rusher there. Yeah, so George Karlaftis, uh, I will talk about here. Um, Or defensive line as a whole, let's say. Because I know there's a guy. I know there's a guy. (laughs) I know there's a guy that you kind of like here. Okay, yeah. Jordan Davis, if he's on the board, is like Baltimore Ravens all over. They're going to be all over him. Uh, Massive 6'6". Uh, frame, but ran a 4.7840. Um, just in an elite two gapper from the get go, you can pop him in the middle of your line at nose tackle, and he's going to stuff up run lanes no problem. But uh, the hope is that he can also develop a little bit of pass rush, collapse that pocket from the interior using his size, strength, and that elite profile. <laughs> um, and then unfortunately, we also have uh, Trent McDuffie who has short arms. Mm. Mm. When you put it like that, I'm going Trent McDuffie, quarterback. Hey, <laughs> Trent McDuffie fall to yeah, let's do it. That's scrub. <laughs> You're only pick 14 overall in the draft. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Trent McDuffie's probably going to be like a all pro. His, his, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he's probably great. Yeah, he's pro- but he is my least favorite probably player just because of how often he gets mocked to the Eagles and how much I, I don't want him to be the pick for the Eagles. Well, speaking of the Eagles, Nathan, who's next on the board? Um, okay, well, which positions do you want to give me? Oh, wait, it's the Eagles. It's the Eagles. They're you next you on the board. get to choose the two positions that okay. you get to talk about. Well, let's talk about re- receiver and defensive line here because right. two my probably my two favorite picks for this position – are available, which this is kind of an ideal situation. Uh, we had a uh, two quarterbacks go in the top 10, which pushed down Jordan Davis, who I was just talking about as that elite two gapper. you plug him in the middle of your defense. No one's running on him, but also he eventually could learn to collapse the pocket using his size, strength, speed measurables, teach him a pass rush move or two, um, and, uh, get his conditioning up so he can play more than 25 snaps a game, which is what he averaged at uh, Georgia, which, you know, no NFL player in the first round is playing 25 snaps a game. And then Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams is the most game-breaking potential receiver in this draft. We don't know his official time 40, but it would probably be in the low four twos. You watched him run away from everyone during his season at Alabama, where he racked up 1,500 yards and I think eight touchdowns. Um, just a true deep threat, but he also knows how to moderate his speed, how to get open. He doesn't just have that straight line speed. He also has lateral speed and quickness. Uh, Jamison Williams, torn ACL. Jamison Williams is the pick here for the birds. Right. Let's go birds. I will say to add the uh, additional context report came out today from some Philly insiders that Jamison Williams is the preferred pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. If they can get, and out of the draft, obviously, we don't know why that would be coming out. Maybe that's a, a smokescreen, but um, the reports point to them liking Jameson Williams. All right, the Saints, who hold pick 16, which was once the Philadelphia Eagles pick, now belongs to the New Orleans Saints. First of their two picks in the next few picks here. What positions do we have for the New Orleans Saints? Ooh, here we've got another kind of wild card team. I mean, they've got Jameis Winston here as the bridge quarterback. I don't think he's the quarterback of the future. We've seen enough out of his play style to, I, I think, safely say that. 
I could be surprised, but I mean, the Saints really need a wide receiver. But are they taking a wide receiver? Let's put wide receiver on the board. Yeah, let's put wide receiver on the board. I think that's good to talk about here. We're at a a very spicy point in the draft for wide receivers. Could be a number of guys. And I mean, Kyle Hamilton is still falling. Oh my gosh, Kyle Hamilton's still falling. Kyle Hamilton probably would have been the pick for the Eagles, but the way we're doing this, you know, there's only two so many positions and uh, Dane let me pick the two positions and I picked the ones that I wanted. But if Hamilton falls here, we probably have to stop the slide of Kyle Hamilton at some point. Um, Yeah, they don't really have the need. But no, they don't. Maybe maybe we revisit with the Chargers and Eagles upcoming. I, yeah, let's leave them off the board. Dream scenario. Dream scenario. You're you're believing. You got to believe to scenario. make it happen. Dream All scenario. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Hamilton drops just like Derwin James. Hey, Derwin James dropped to 17 a few years ago. Kyle Hamilton could do the exact same thing. So, <laughs> do we want to talk about quarterback here? Or do we just want to leave it up to receiver and tackle? I mean, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Let's talk about quarterback here because quarterback is what sells. What, what gets the clicks? We're talking about quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. We're going to talk about it. Sixteenth okay. pick, first round. Let's go for it. So Kenny Pickett is probably the highest floor quarterback still left on the board. Tiny he hands, tiny, very, very tiny hands. Um, his skill set is that he's kind of a scrambler kind of he can scramble behind the line find the open man downfield he also ran a pro style offense at pittsburgh so he can process multiple reads multiple regressions on the field Um, some of his weaknesses are that the uh, processing isn't quite where you'd like it to be from a pocket standpoint from an in-pocket standpoint the burrow comps aren't quite what they should be Um, and the accuracy is solid but not elite um, and then, uh, receiver is the other position. Yeah. Who's still on the board here at receiver. Okay. So receivers getting drafted early in this draft, which makes sense given the contracts that they're getting right now, but Chris Olave, probably the last elite tier receiver, except unless you include Traylon Burks still on the board, Chris Olave, kind of that Devonte Smith, super smooth route running type. Um, very good at getting open through his routes, but also an excellent deep threat in terms of tracking the ball in terms of getting separation downfield. Um, Justin Fields recently called him one of the best deep threats he had ever played with. Um, Chris Olave. This is a tough one, tough one. I think we're going Chris Olave here. They're going to let Jameis ride for another, another year, hopefully dip into that 2023 quarterback draft class. Going Chris Olave, Saints 16th with, with what? Uh, with what? Twenty twenty three first round pick, Dean. Oh, they don't have that. That belonged to the Eagles. Mm, well, in that case, yeah. <laughs> terrible draft or trade for them. I don't know why what they're doing. Unless they somehow get Malik Willis out of this, like I, I don't get it. Uh, but all right, Chargers on the clock here at seventeen. Um, Chargers, one of those teams that filled a lot of their holes in the offseason. Um, maybe they need a tackle. They could always juice up the wide receiver core, although um, a lot of the top players are off the board there. What are, what are you thinking? Yeah, where you've gone wide receiver heavy thus far, they're not going to be looking at it, I don't think, here. They did re-sign Mike Williams for a three-year deal. Um, so we will punt that to tackle. 
I guess tackles worthy. I mean, and then we've still got to go. Oh, geez. We, what if we do into Kyle Hamilton? <laughs> All right. Let's go defensive edge. Cause Karloftis still has a high draft grade. He's on the board here. Yeah. Let's talk about Karloftis a little bit. So Karloftis, um, not to compare him to Aiden Hutchinson because they have very different play styles. Um, but they both have that kind of high motor trait that's uh, beloved by uh, NFL teams. George Kalaftis, incredibly strong, played on the Greek national water polo team at age 12, I believe. Um, So has obviously a ton of lower body strength, more of a power rusher, more of a bull rusher, Um, gonna win through strength rather than finesse, but he has lower body strength that is probably elite at this draft and was frequently getting double teamed at Purdue, which is partially the reason for his low production. and then the other option was uh, what again? Sorry. Uh, tackle. Um, okay. Tackle, 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 tackle. A lot of tackles off the board at this point. Okay. So Trevor Penning is a uh, tackle that had a really good senior bowl um, and also a really good testing performance. Uh, six, seven, three, twenty-five. Uh, also a very, very good run blocker, um, just very, very unrefined in pass protection and played mostly at a lower competitive level, um, but has some elite physical traits that uh, NFL teams could covet in a, in a tackle. Right. I'm going Trevor Penning specifically because his over-under is 16 and a half, heavily favoring the under. And here we are at 17th pick. He has not gone yet. So he's going now. Trevor I like, Penning. I like the way you think. All right. The Eagles are back on the board here. Um, don't really need to think about this for the Eagles. If Kyle Hamilton's on the board here, that's that's who they're picking. No way Kyle Hamilton is on the board here. This is a dream scenario for the Eagles. But, yes. Um, that's probably everyone else has fallen asleep during the draft and the Eagles are here to lap up the victory. Yeah, they have <laughs> forgotten the name of Kyle Hamilton and he shall revenge upon them. Um, which like, look, this is possible because safety is in terms of positional value, kind of on the lower ends of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're the, the cleanup role. And then uh, Kyle Hamilton, his testing his athletic numbers did not live up to the, the potential and beyond film uh, uh, traits that people observed. So depends on how much stock these teams put into those numbers, but there are teams that will take him off their board because his, his 40 time uh, wasn't fast enough, you know, or the four, seven 40. So uh, anyway, Kyle Hamilton thrilled to see him go to the Eagles here. Saints back on the board. Um, do we want to talk about quarterback here? And uh, tackle, do, do they go tackle here, filling that Toronto Armstead role? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about tackle. And, I mean, we we touched on quarterback. We'll save that for now. Uh, tackle, I don't exactly have a, <laughs> the biggest read on who they're looking at, but let's say tackle and anyone else that you think is worthy. Okay, uh, let's say tackle. Um, oh, Okay, so this is a tough one because Bernard Raymond, who is probably the next highest consensus tackle on the board, is another player that was flagged for injury concerns um, Mm. in the process and apparently off some teams' boards. He's also like a 25-year-old 
Austrian that has only played football for a few years and is like a converted tight end. So there's other situations there. So I'm going to talk about um, Tyler Smith, who is unrefined, um, but has an elite physical profile. To be honest, he's not a player that I've looked at a ton because when I initially started uh, looking at players in the draft process he was like in a the fourth or fifth round pick range and he has skyrocketed up the board due to his pre-draft process his athletic testing and hmm. uh, just his general physical profile and what he could be uh, as, as a cornerstone of an offensive line um, but definitely a low floor as well um, and then so that's our tackle what was the other position? Oh, anyone that I want here. Um, let's go with Jordan Davis, who is still on the board at, at defensive line. I don't think I need to give another profile, at Jordan Davis, but for me, it's hard to imagine uh, an NFL team looking at this player and what he can offer from a you know power and size and speed profile on the middle of your line and him falling you know outside of the the top twenty. So uh, I would say it's between Jordan Davis or them filling that kind of desperate need to tackle with Tyler Smith. We're going desperate need, not for any selfish reasons with the Patriots pick coming up here. <laughs> but we're going uh, selfish tackle needs there uh tyler smith uh he does seem to be in betting odds not necessarily favored to go in the first round but he's very close so it's certainly a reach we could see maybe 10 to 20 picks into the middle of the first round so you know i would say this is probably our last first round tackle unless bernard raymond does go like we'll, we'll we'll probably draft bernard raymond in this mock draft out of necessity but if i was a betting man like teams would really be reaching for tackles at this point that makes sense to me. All right. The last good bona fide Nathan stamped his approval on it. Tackle Tyler Smith goes to the saints pick number 19 overall. Now we have the Steelers. Yeah. So Steelers um, likely team to trade up for Malik Willis. Honestly. Yeah. Tom, Tomlin seems to like Malik Willis apparently rolling with Mitch Trubisky. What, what do you see them doing here? Uh, so they're at least looking at the quarterback. So I'll let you pitch one. Uh, we've only got, I think, two quarterbacks off the board so far. Ritter with the pipe dream of top 10 pick and uh, uh, Malik Willis as well. So we'll pitch the quarterback, see what they feel. And then, I mean, we still got George Karloptis on the board. We've got linebacker Devin Lloyd, uh, center Tyler Linderbaum. They're not going that way. Um, so, so we'll go defensive line as a whole or quarterback. All right. We'll start with quarterback and we'll talk about Kenny Pickett again. Um, Kenny Pickett, just because (laughs) he played quarterback at Pittsburgh. Um, So, and if I understand correctly, if I recall correctly, Pittsburgh plays in the Steelers stadium. So he literally wouldn't be leaving Stadiums, so maybe you get same of the produ- same production because the stadium is the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you can tell I'm not a big Kenny Pickett fan. Yeah, but. I can tell. <laughs> and then uh who's next or who what was the other position? A defensive line as defensive a whole. Defensive line as a whole. Okay. Um 
I mean, at this point, I have to keep nominating Jordan Davis here because Jordan Davis All is right. and the, Detroit. The best player on the board. <laughs> or sorry, uh, it is Kenny Pickett to the Steelers. <laughs> wow, what do you know? That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that is not going to happen. But guess what? I get to be selfish because we let Kyle Hamilton fall to pick 18. We and he's got Kyle a, Hamilton fall. And his like over-under is 10 and a half for the draft. And All right, it, so who do you want to the Patriots <laughs> here? Uh, it's probably going to be a linebacker. It's probably going to be Quay Walker. Oh, sorry. Um, it's probably going to be Quay <laughs> Walker. But uh, who who are you thinking? Yeah, so I will. I'll leave it up to you. Linebacker or defensive line. So I mean, I'm looking at Jordan Davis here as somebody I'd like on the Patriots, and I'm also looking at uh, Quay Walker or or. Uh, uh, Devin Lloyd was his name that I just mentioned. So, yeah. So, um, just brief shout out George Karlaftis because he does seem like the kind of player that Bill might like. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Jordan Davis is the player I'll nominate because for all the aforementioned reasons. Um, and then, uh, linebacker Quay Walker, linebacker from Georgia. Nicobe Dean is a linebacker that gets all the hype when you're talking about Georgia linebackers, but Nicobe Dean is, is smaller uh, odds to be drafted in the first round are falling odds for Quay Walker to be drafted in the first round are rising. Um, Quay Walker six, four has the length to play in the middle of the defense has the coverage ability to play in the middle of the defense. And as uh, you know, uh, the run enforcement traits that you would also look for, he just didn't have like that three down role at Georgia. So, but physically he has uh, high end traits, which are always drafted high. So yeah, it would be between Quay Walker or uh, Jordan Davis. If he lasts to this point for here. here. All right. I'm taking Jordan Davis. I've <laughs> done enough selfish things to get him to fall here. And maybe he does just end up here. I'm so trying to f- I, I think like, it's kind of funny through the, through the, like, have I sold you on Jordan Davis? Like, is that what's happened here? <laughs> Certainly a big part of it, yeah. But also his yeah. his 40 time is just, I mean, you can't separate your eyes from your mind when you right. see something like that. So, yeah, his over-under is 15 and a half for draft position. So, odds are he's going top 15. Uh, I don't think he'll fall here, but I would love it. I have a theory that every single fan of every single team, including the Jags at number one, would be thrilled if their team drafted Jordan Davis because he's I think just so. So yeah. how can you not root for that? <laughs> yeah. So the NFL teams will probably be smarter than us. And where we all go will be reflective of the actual value that they perceive. But for me, Jordan Davis season, baby. All right. Packers on the board here. Packers traded away Devontae Adams. Uh, what do you, what do you like for the Packers? Definitely look at the wide receiver pick number 22 and we'll give them Offensive line as a whole. Okay. Um, so wide receiver, let's talk about Traylon Burks, who was incredibly prolific at the University of Arkansas. He essentially was their office, racked up 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns last season. Um, a lot of that was through scripted touches where he would get the ball in the backfield off jet sweeps and running back snaps and such. And he would make stuff happen with it, even though he only ran a uh, four five five at the combine at his size, two twenty five six two. Um, he is, has a high overall speed profile. Um, you just don't find kind of that combination that he has every day. Traylon Burks. 
All right. And then anyone on the offensive line that you think the Packers could be looking at here? Um, so Zion Johnson is uh, an elite guard that is currently available. He is sort of, if you look at like um, the rankings that most people will put together, they will kind of say that like, there's nothing wrong with this prospect. It's just that guards don't necessarily go high. Now he's not exactly the punisher of like a Quentin Nelson. That's why Quentin Nelson went in the top 10 uh, all those years ago. But uh, Zion Johnson is a perfectly well-rounded guard prospect, uh, Boston College, where they kind of refine their technique very well. So, yeah. All right. I think the case can be made there, but I'm going Traylon Burks. I think the, he's got that deep threat that they will not have with Valdez Scantling going to the Kansas City Chiefs in this offseason. And of course, they lost Devontae Adams through free agency. Well, through uh, trade, I, sh- I should say. But uh, they've got a big gap to fill there. Wide receiver Traylon Burks is at least a physical specimen that can give Rodgers a look down the field. Rodgers' arm strength has not waned he will be able to make those throws if Traylon Burks is there. It'd be very exciting to see. And they still have Alan Lazard to look through in the short and intermediate range. Yeah. I really like the fit there. I know he's not like exactly what uh, Aaron Rodgers loves. Like maybe he'd like a sky more, maybe a more mm-hmm. technically refined guy. But like you said, like this is a guy that does have somewhat of a contested catch profile in, in college. So he can go up and get it downfield uh, can be like a downfield threat, but can also be scripted into the offense um, in creative ways. So yeah, I love that in green Bay. All right. Cardinals on the clock. Uh, what position they need a lot along the offensive line, uh, but also Kyler Murray would probably love for them to take some kind of skill player here. What are you liking for the Cardinals? Man. Yeah. They need some offensive line help. They need some defensive help. This is a tougher one. I I honestly don't know what the Cardinals need, but let's go defensive back, uh, you know, cornerback or safety and defensive line edge rusher or interior. So any of those. Oh, wait, defensive offensive line. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, Offensive line interior or, or, uh, outside so yeah. yeah okay so uh zion johnson who i just mentioned is kind of the chalk pick to the uh cardinals they need guard help a lot he's the best guard in the class this is around the area where guards start to get drafted where it starts to look like a reasonable investment so no no predicting what steve kime does because he drafted two versatile linebackers two years in a row uh one of them like eighth overall in isaiah simmons so um Kind of a toss-up as to what he'll do here, but Zion Johnson, a likely pick. And then at corner, so corner's kind of interesting here because we have Andrew Booth Jr. still on the board who, uh, from a length profile, he's six foot, he's 194. Um, He's a good outside corner, played in the ACC at Clemson against top-level competition he'd be a guy that would be maybe going top 15 but he's got injury concerns he's got multiple spurts sports hernia surgeries so that's reportedly pushing him way down on boards but the the profiles there to be similar to like a caleb farley s prospect from last year um so i would say it's between zion johnson and um andrew booth all right cardinals are going zion johnson here pick number 23 overall all right now uh, we can skip the Cowboys pick. No one really cares about the Cowboys. They yep. 
their pick. They actually got disqualified from the draft. Um, so yeah. Uh, but no, in all, all seriousness here, who do you like for the Cowboys? Um, they would have loved Traylon Burks. They've said they so much. Yeah, they, they're so mad about that, but had to get, get him off the board. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going Sky Moore here. I think they might just wait on on receiver for next round potentially. So agreed. Um, I'll leave that off the board. I still think. I mean, George Karloftis is still here on the board. I'm putting edge rusher, and they don't. I mean, they have Micah Parsons. I'm not putting linebacker on the board. Um, hmm. I think the edge rusher is good. Um, yeah, edge rusher. Let's. I don't hate linebacker either, to be honest. I know. Yeah, I guess they could just lock that up. Um, yeah, there's some good linebackers still on the board here. So we'll go linebacker, edge rusher. Okay, so edge rusher, I'll just talk about George Karlaftis again a little bit again. Um, very powerful base, very sh- strong lower body, very versatile. Another one of these guys that's going to come in with a very – a high floor and be able to shut down the run for you very early while also uh, continuing to refine his pass rush moves, maybe adding more of the power to his game. Uh, 6'2", 266, just prototypical uh, size for the position. So we like what we see out of uh, George Karlaftis out of Purdue. And then Quay Walker, again, my number one linebacker. And I already talked about what I like about him um, in that Georgia defense. So I'll just kind of talk about the fit here. Um, you know, they, they obviously spent high They clearly like the position. They spent high on Jalen Smith. That didn't work out. Lane Vander Esch is back on a one-year cheap deal. And then Micah Parsons is going to be taking a lot of straight up pass rush snaps because it's what we so good with. So you do still need that kind of like competent middle linebacker role. And I think Quay Walker can be that. All right. I'm going George Karloftis here. He's not going to go any farther than pick number 24 with Michael Parsons. They're going to, you know, opt for another position there. Michael Parsons, clearly a generational talent at linebacker. Great pick for them last year. They're looking at other positions to shore up that defensive uh, edge that they have here. So Karloftis going off the board for the Cowboys. (laughs) Two different ringtones at once. That's how I like it. All right. Let's get into the bills here. This is a hype pick. Should we just yep. give them Brees Hall? Uh, yeah, I, I want to do that. Can we do that? Yeah, let's give them Brees Hall. We're just giving the Bills Brees Hall because one, uh, it makes a ton of sense for them. They they haven't had a dynamic running threat in that offense uh, that really needs it, would really complement Josh Allen's running style if you had another threat out of the backfield there. But two, there's a tons of ton of smoke about this actually happening. So uh, I think that this is actually likelier than people think. So I like that we just gave Brisol very quickly to the Bills here. Let's go on to the Titans who are a very, uh, we're now getting into the territory of the draft, except for, you know, like Kansas City, uh, that it's getting pretty difficult to determine who is going to go where and in what direction. And for me, the Titans are one of the most difficult. What, what would you say for the Titans? They're extremely difficult. It's wide open. I can't even narrow it down, but let's just go linebacker because we have a couple good ones and defensive back. We still have some good ones there. Um, okay. So linebacker, Devin Lloyd still on the board. Once again, line uh, Devin Lloyd, you're all around do everything linebacker, um, can, can blitz the passer, can cover tight ends. Um, 
he has the size, the speed, 6'3", 237. Actually, I should correct that. He doesn't have the speed. He didn't test as well athletically as people are going to think. But Devin Lloyd, very high floor as a linebacker. Considered by some to be a top 10 player in this draft. Uh, so probably uh, a lot of people's top overall linebacker for me. I would say number two linebacker after Quay Walker. And then uh, let's also go um, defensive back. Let's go Lewis Seen, who is my favorite. Uh, actually, technically, he's my second favorite safety. But uh, Daxton Hill, who is my favorite safety, has been uh, tumbling off the board to apparently bad uh, injury or bad uh, interviews. So Lewis seen is a thumper in the middle of that Georgia defense. Um, he is one of the best tacklers in the draft. Like this, if this guy, he, this guy just doesn't kind of miss tackles. I think he missed, let's see, I actually have it here. 11 tackles on 159 attempts. Um, he can cover for you. Um, he's, there are people that say that between Hamilton and scene, it's like Hamilton scene and then the tear break rather than Hamilton tear break scene. Um, so not as elite in coverage as like, you know, your Daxton Hills, for example, but um, a very good uh, physical, high, highly competitive safety. So I would just say, yeah, it's between Lewis scene and um, Devin Lloyd. All right. Good some, uh, summary there. I'm going to go Devin Lloyd linebacker for Utah. Uh, I don't necessarily know that they're hurting for that position, but uh, best pick available could be Devin Lloyd here. And uh, it seems like a Mike Rabel type. He could go for that. Yeah. I don't know enough about like their defense to know if it's one that prioritizes linebacker. So I just don't know Titans defense that well. And it would have to be a team that, you know, prioritizes linebacker to take one in the first round. But in terms of like where Devin Lloyd is going to go, this feels appropriate, like in the range of like the like late teens at the earliest, uh, then mid 20s at the latest. So I think we kind of nailed that regardless of team fit. All right. Now the Bucks are on the clock, um, kind of your, your secondary team here. How do you feel about uh, what the Bucks need? are they going to get a piece now to help Tom Brady just take it over the edge in his final season? Or are they going to do some smart long term team building nonsense um as far as peace now i think they're good at skill positions whether it be wide receiver tight end i don't know about gronk coming back potentially but i think they're good at wide receiver and running back with fournette coming back so uh, we'll leave it up for offense. for sure coming back I, I don't think he's signed yet but it's i think it's pretty much like the sounds like the they're waiting to the draft waiting to see if they can get Reese hall maybe oh yeah too bad he just went yeah, too bad. So they're going offensive line or defensive line. Uh, defensive line do. is good here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. Uh, that's at least the betting favorite is offensive line for the Bucks or defensive line, and defensive back is also equivalent to the defensive line odds, so. Uh, okay, so we'll talk about D-line for a minute. We'll talk about Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, the other defensive tackle. Jordan Davis has been getting all the love, but Devontae Wyatt is actually the more accomplished uh, pass rushing uh, defensive tackle with high pass rush win rates. Um, he's your kind of classic three-tech. Think your Fletcher Cox is out there. You line him up, uh, you know, in a pass rushing perspective from inside the line, send them to get after some to collapse the pocket, very capable, but uh, dropping down boards because of domestic uh, violence allegations in his past. And then uh, at guard, 
I want to say Kenyon Green, but I, yeah, okay. So we'll talk about Kenyon Green, who again is a pretty uh, capable uh, offensive guard out of Texas A&M. I'm not going to lie here. I don't know much about these guards. I just know what people say about guards. Guards, not exactly an exciting position to watch highlight reels from. Um, sometimes you'll watch the tackle highlight reels, the Panay Sewells. So I'm going to use my 30 seconds here to just kind of rant, but say that I've heard a lot of good things about Kenyon Green as a guard. So this is probably where he's going to go. What, what do you want? <laughs> All right. And who was the first guy you mentioned? Because I'm so lost on Kenyon Green right now. <laughs> The first guy that I mentioned, uh, what were the positions that you gave me? Oh, Devontae <laughs> Wyatt. Obviously, Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, so obviously. <laughs> well, Devontae Wyatt is like, he would have been going in the teens probably yeah. a little earlier. And then, oh, he's also 24, which not to extend my 30 seconds, but you know, you don't love a 24-year-old prospect. Sure. I think Devontae Wyatt is much more heavily favored for the first round. So I'm going Devontae Wyatt here for the Bucks defensive interior lineman, which is somewhat of a need for the it's Bucks. Because so. they don't have Sue back, right? Not yet. It's, I mean, Brady restructured his contract. They opened up maybe $9 million in cap space. So they're looking at stuff like that, but it's not a guarantee. So they are very much so staring at uh, Devin Devontae Wyatt right now. All right. Uh, Packers are back on the clock. Um, maybe this is where they try and take their future left tackle. Maybe... They had another receiver here <laughs> just to really, really uh, do Aaron Rodgers some favors. That would be so crazy if they've just gone to, this long without a top wide receiver pick. And then they're like, you know what, Rodgers, you won. You won. We're picking two this round. <laughs> we're picking two and and the Chiefs aren't getting anything at the receiver position because we're, we're picking it bone bare. Snuffing them out. I do um, think. Um, yeah. Who do you just you pick? You pick. I think that, you know, Bernard Raymond, if he's healthy enough to be on boards, is a huge candidate here. Um, but I also think this is where Nicobe Dean could start to be considered um, just for like what that defense likes to do. I'm going to go Bernard Raymond. Um, okay. Chiefs on the board. This is really about which wide receiver we want to give them. Yes, I think we they got back to back picks here. Let's give them a wide receiver first. We've got Sky Moore. We've got George Pickens. I mean, the, the top tier is probably already gone. Um, I've heard some things about Sky Moore, but I don't know enough. So, what's your expertise given you? Well, let's here? make let's mix it up a little now that we're getting to this sort of talent of the draft. And I'll give you kind of two profiles of two receivers I like here, and then you choose which which one uh, you okay. like. So. Um, I really, really like John Dotson. Personally, when I watched him myself, I liked him more than Chris Olave, but the consensus of people that are smarter than me all like Olave more. I thought John Dotson had insanely sticky hands and played like way bigger than uh, his frame would suggest. And then he also seemed to have a lot of juice for me, but he's that kind of uh, slot Z 5'11", 190 receiver that isn't going to dominate, but can get six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown essentially every game. And then there's Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, who was frequently mocked to the Chiefs in this spot, incredibly unrefined, but has an insane size speed profile. So you would be shooting for upside here. Um, I believe he ran in the four twos at six, four, two Oh eight. Um, but has drop issues, isn't great tracking the ball, isn't super refined, but has the, the physical traits that you would want. So do you want the more refined 
slot receiver or the guy that can probably beat everyone downfield, but who knows if he can actually catch the ball. All right. That was compelling, but I'm going Jahan Dodson there. I think they're not going to look that much farther down the draft board here at receiver. Um, I don't know if this many receivers go off the board. I'm very curious to see what the chiefs do here. Like, honestly, it could be something they forego until the next round or try to acquire through, I don't know. Like I wouldn't be shocked if this, if there's already six receivers off the board and they're looking at Jahan Dotson or Sky Moore and they think, they don't well, want to force it. let's wait around. Yeah. I could well, see the that. The thing is like, it's weird because I would have been talking about George Pickens, but, uh, George Pickens is apparently interviewing terribly. There are all these anonymous scout courts that's like, oh, he doesn't have his priorities right. Like he has all the physical traits we want, but we, you know, he's doing terrible in the in the actual rooms with the guys. So he's a guy that I I really liked from a upside uh, profile, but like, yeah, people are hating on him. So who mm-hmm. knows? All right, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs again. Chiefs again. <laughs> you pick. Um, Dealer's let's, choice. Let's give him Kair Elam out of Florida. Um, okay. A uh, very physical press man corner. Um, maybe a little, think of him as kind of like your discount JC Horn to where he's maybe a little too physical. Maybe he gets called for maybe too many penalties, but he has the traits that if he can refine his game a little bit, he could be a shutdown corner so i kind of like that for them for a defense that seems to always need help now the super bowl runner-ups for the cincinnati Bengals, probably want to add to this offensive line but probably don't like what's in front of them what do you think the Bengals do here they probably don't need a receiver they definitely don't need a running back tight ends probably too early for a tight end to go I know they need to add to the offensive line, but I can't help but think they're going to look at the defensive players here and kind of be, be happy. That's, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I could see them looking at defensive back or, or linebacker here. I mean, Nicobe Dean's still on the board. If he fell this far, I'd be shocked. Um, I don't think Nicobe Dean's going in the first round. Oh, wow. Um, uh, okay. I, I don't know that that's consensus. But... Dude can rush the passer. All right. I'm going to try to find that. Uh, draft position for N'Kobe Dean real quick here. Skirt, skirt, scrolling down, scrolling down. Um, where is this man? I you heard of him. control F, Dean. Oh, there he is. Over or under 30 and a half. So you're right. He's very fringe. Uh, under, is, or sorry, over 30 and a half is favored. So you're right. He's a fringe uh, first round pick. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going. Yeah, he's one okay. of those things where like all the consensus is high because he did so much and was so visible in the Georgia defense. But, you know, mm-hmm. he re- he gets held up by guards. So if he doesn't add pass rush juice and he's not elite and in, in like a, you know, coverage linebacker safety kind of role, then he's just an off-ball linebacker, and and they don't get drafted in the first round. Okay. And yes, I've heard of control control F, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought I had a good enough beat scanning this throughout this episode that I could find him, and uh, he was somewhere jammed in the middle. So my bad. Um, so let's call that our Nicobe Dean argument for this pick. Um, who else? Who else could potentially go here? Daxton Hill. Get my guy Daxton Hill in there. Sure. Yeah, let's talk about Daxton Hill. Get, your, so get his name out there. Daxton Hill, I really like. Super fast, super instinctual. 
apparently doing poorly in the interviews, which is a, a bummer to hear because he offers uh, what teams really value in the first round, which is versatility. He played a ton at slot corner. There are teams that think he could be a starting slot corner and maybe even play some snaps at outside corner in the league. But uh, better than that, he is just a very reactionary uh, player that could be great in the safety position. So love me some Daxton Hill. Um, and then the other player that we mentioned here, uh, Nicobe D. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll go to Daxton Hill then. Um, yeah, let's uh, say that Nicobe Dean doesn't quite make the first round and Daxton Hill is here. Do you have Daxton Hill's odds in front of you? I'm curious Let me to see control. <laughs> yeah, it's D A X over or under twenty nine and a half. So literally oh, so one position. Short, yeah. yeah. See, uh, instincts I got. But the negative one fifty is better than the Kobe Dean's negative one thirty to go under that position. So mm. you are spot on there. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll side with the Vegas odds and my co-host here, Nathan. Last but not least, we, we got to give these guys a quarterback, right? I mean, yeah, that that's certainly something they're looking at. But also, quarterback, because we need quarterback here yeah. to, yeah. Hit our, to hit oh, our to hit our over two and a half. That can't so be. So we did, we have somehow only picked two quarterbacks. That can't be. But we have done no. That. We picked three: Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, and Kenny Pickett. Oh, right. Kenny Pickett was for the Steelers. I, I, I skimmed right over yeah. that. All right. Okay. So Pittsburgh we, and now he plays he, the oh, stadium. thank God. Yeah, he's got the, the stadium. The stadium. Yeah. The stadium. <laughs> oh, know, I forgot. Yeah. Okay. So let's go linebacker and quarterback here. Okay. Uh, quarterback Sam Howell out of North Carolina um, was expected to be a top five player really this year, but didn't really perform. Um, surprisingly tough, surprisingly physical. Um, not at a way that is going to succeed in the NFL. Think very much Baker Mayfield throwing his shoulder uh, and then throwing his shoulder out um, because he it just does not have the weight or the frame to take on those hits. There was a really pretty deep ball, but not exactly uh, an elite processor, nor did he play in an offense that uh, was like pro style or lent itself to an NFL transition. Um, but Rumors are that the Lions like them some somehow. And then at linebacker, let's get Quay Walker in here because uh, that's another one of our props is that he'll go first round and he is my top linebacker off the board. Again, got that 6'4", 241 frame. Um, very instinctual, similar to Lewis Seen, very good tackler. Uh, like a lot what I see about Quay Walker. I think that he could be a three-down uh, player, so... Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's our choice there. All right. Quay Walker's over under is 38 and a half. So that scares me, but maybe it happens. Um, mm. well, what's Sam Allen? It's, it is 45 and a half. All right, we're going Quay Walker here. <laughs> 32nd pick of the NFL draft for the Detroit Lions. Only three quarterbacks. And a half. I'm betting under on that. Um, yeah, under is plus 105 for Sam Howell. Oh, okay. Little draft bets plug here. Hit that. <laughs> I would appreciate it if you did so that I could watch you win or lose, but without putting any of my own money at risk. That's called vicariously living. 
Okay, I'm not going to reread this whole mock here, but rest it's assured, a lot. it was a good one. <laughs> um, maybe we'll post it in the comments of the, the thing. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoy the NFL draft. Dane, do you have any other closing thoughts before we get out of our last episode before the 2022 NFL draft? My God, I have nothing to add, but I am excited and I have no idea what's going to happen, including the first pick. It's yeah. pretty crazy. It's it's really fun because even though this is a quote-unquote poor draft, yeah, there's more mystery in this one than I can remember for a while. So, so it's yeah. a lot of fun. Hope your team gets what you want. Good luck, guys. Thanks for listening.